It's coming up on two years now that we've been out here on the farm, and there's a few takeaways that I would like to share with some of you who may be starting out on a homestead for the first time. I received a message from the account over on the YouTube page, and I found a person who was just buying a piece of property near here in southern Missouri, and they were looking for some rainwater harvesting tanks so i started thinking about what i would do if i were doing this all over again and know what i knew now because here's the thing once you get to a new place you don't really know anything at all about the place the house the land the property you you're starting with a clean slate and that can be very um daunting so if you were like us and your furniture was a few days behind you because you were having it shipped then here are a few recommendations that i would give you while the house is still empty it's a great time to paint you're never going to get another opportunity to be able to paint everything without having to move furniture around so if you get there and you hate the color of your walls if you're gonna paint i would do it now it seems a little out of place i know but honestly it was one of the best things that we did because here we were sitting with a pretty much empty house with only the stuff we had that we brought with us in the vehicles which was no furniture and the furniture was going to be another three days and i think it ended up taking longer than that so even though i didn't have a roller or a paintbrush or a pan with me i went to sherwin williams and i bought a, a roller and a pan and i got the paint because you're never gonna not need a roller or a you know a paint pan so having these things you know duplicated it's not an issue it's a good thing to have so we did go ahead and paint most of the uh two front rooms and i'm glad that we did it another thing that might be beneficial to you while you don't have anything in your house it really depends on how it's laid out in this house the laundry room is very very small once the dryer and the washing machine are in place it's nearly impossible to get in there to work on the water heater i noticed that the water heater that was in there was making a whining sound and i went and checked it out and i noticed that that water heater was on the smallish side and it was right up against its um, warranty so i decided that would be an opportune time to go ahead and get a new water heater while nothing was in the way then i could go ahead and put it in there and get the old one out without a whole lot of trouble i'm glad that i did this because i went ahead and bought a water heater that had i think it was a 12 either a 10 or 12 year warranty and it just gives me a peace of mind knowing that i've got a nice 
modern water heater already in place and I'm probably not going to have to do anything to that for a while because it's a ream water heater and if it's guaranteed for 10 years I'll guarantee you it's going to last you 10 years and right now with the washer and the dryer in place it would have been next to impossible to get the uh, new one in and the old one out without having to remove the whole shoot match so that's another thing that i think if you're limited for space which a lot of small old homestead houses are then yeah go ahead and take care of your old water heater and upgrade sticking with the house for one more topic if you're anything like i am and when it comes to window dressings and your house has a lot of old mix-match blinds from the 70s, now's the time to go ahead and swap these out while you can measure the windows very simply because there's no dressers or furniture in the way. So even if you don't buy the blinds right away, just measure the windows and do it on a... write it down on a piece of graph paper. Just draw a little outline of your house and mark each window it doesn't have to be pretty and then just make the uh, notation of the size at each window then that way later on you won't have to stand on your sofa while you're measuring your living room window and just to throw this out personally i don't like those uh, roman blinds the ones that you twist the uh the little stick and they open up and they're usually made out of uh, like aluminum or I guess vinyl these days. And they're the cheap ones that you see at the either the box stores or the Walmarts, which are junk really. I found that I like the double cell blinds that they're light. They block the light. You can get 100% blockage if it's say if it's a room that you sleep in, or you can get like a you know varying degrees of light blockage they will let light in and it is really up to you and depends on the room if i had a western window i would try to use a more of a a darker blind so that you could keep the heat from the afternoon sun out of your room but also i don't like those cords so i found several years ago when we were remodeling the house i bought some blinds just to test out that didn't have the strings and all you do is you lift the blind and once you lift it 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 stays where it's at or you can lower the top and it stays where it's at so they'll go up or down and there's no strings and there's no uh little twisty bar that you need to open it i found i like those blinds and really they're not very expensive there's a website called blinds.com and you can go on there. It gives you the entire uh, ordering s- scheme if you want inside. You know, if you want the blinds to be inside the frame of the window or either mounted on the outside, it really just depends on the scenario. I like to try to mount mine inside the window. So when you're taking your dimensions for your blinds, just use the opening of the window, so the casement. And then when you go onto one of these sites, it'll tell you how much um, 
distance to subtract so that the blinds will fit perfect and they do fit perfect i've bought blinds from blinds.com on several occasions you can get brand name blinds and you'll pay for those or you can get their um generic blinds and usually if you order like three you get a fourth one free they do tons of uh promotions so i ended up getting blinds for every window in the house for not a whole lot of money and i'm completely happy that i did that because the uh you know the dual cell or double cell blinds really do a good job of blocking the light and it it also it it makes your house look more i wouldn't say presentable it just gives it a better feel especially when you know you get there and it's got mixed match blinds or curtains and they're just really easy to operate you just lift them they stay or you could pull them down so sometimes in the morning when the sun is low you can lift it from the bottom and sometimes in the afternoon you want to pull them down so you can see you know out into the yard so that's a i think one of the easy things that you can do right off the bat to kind of get a jump start on getting your house in order and before i forget there's one other thing i'd like to mention and this may not be for everyone out there but if you've got any experience building cabinets now's really the time to do that in my case this house when it comes to closets um that box wasn't ticked as a matter of fact that box didn't even exist um there's zero closet space in this little house one thing that i did to kind of mitigate some of that is to go vertical um i had built cabinets for the other house that we moved from and obviously i had a table saw and those kinds of things coming with the uh furniture and so i had the equipment to do it with so bear that in mind but knowing that we were going to have issues with storage i set out right away as quickly as possible to build some cabinets to uh start throwing up on these walls because it just demanded it and there there was a lot of empty space vertically which usually is the case anyhow and if you're in that scenario and you're handy at all now's a good time to go ahead and go out there and buy some sheets of plywood and see if you can throw some cabinets together quickly and it's really going to make your life a whole lot easier to have somewhere to put your towels put your books put your you never even know what you may need to put there because not having any storage space is not fun so one of the things that i did before we left i had built this bookshelf years ago it was about seven feet tall and probably four feet wide and i had most of that filled with books and i knew this would be taking up a lot of space in the truck so uh 
I decided to repurpose this and I before I left I went ahead and cut everything into the links that I needed to build a I believe it was about a 30 by 36 inch uh, cabinet and once I got here all I had to do was unload those pieces and bring it out to the shop square it up and glue it up and I had an instant shelf and that's something maybe you can think about a way to repurpose something that you're not really using that's sitting on the floor you can usually pretty easily modify stuff like that to to make a cabinet out of it you know even if it's just a little cabinet that you put in your bathroom for for stuff so this is obviously a permaculture related podcast and one of the things that people certainly want to do when they get to a new place is especially if it's the first time they've had land is to get out there and try to grow something and you should however i wouldn't go out there right off the bat and try to pick a location and go out there and till that up and try to turn it into a garden because you haven't been there long enough to know what it's like through all the seasons and you need a chance to be able to ascertain what the wind is like what the sun is like what the sun is like when the trees don't have any leaves what the sun is like when the leaves come on the trees um what it's like when it's cold what it's like when it's hot what it's like when it's rained for four days in a row and i don't mean to discourage anybody from planting a garden all i'm saying is that before you put anything in the ground you probably need to have a little time with your site first and once we got here to this place the previous owners had used about an acre in the pasture to do look like some row cropping with some uh, plastic cover there was some drip irrigation out there and there was also another set of um, rows inside the sort of the backyard and some of those were going east west some of those were going north south and it was just sort of this hodgepodge of um, unrelated seemingly unrelated garden rows of course everything was overgrown with weeds when we got here there was the remnants of some strawberries and we may have gotten a few strawberries but those were pretty much overgrown and they were oriented the wrong way and I didn't do anything with that I just let that for the first um, season I just let that alone I didn't touch it and the acre out in the pasture was so grown up with weeds that there was nothing we could do about that it would have taken a machine and so the only thing we did out there was just to go out there and sort of gather up the plastic and the um, drip irrigation and just kind of get that out of the way I it had been tilled so I threw I wanted it to stay out of fescue because I do eventually want to do something there so I've tried to throw uh, like cover crops out there to keep the fescue off of it but I'm 
I'm not sure how good that's working. So what did we do to get some production early on? Well, I think one of the easiest things to do is either container gardening or raised beds. And then that way, if you find out that your location that you think is appropriate for your garden doesn't turn out to be so appropriate, you can easily just move whatever you're using and in our case we had these they left some big troughs that were he had once been using for raising tilapia in they're probably almost two feet deep and three feet wide and probably 40 feet long so i just filled one of those up with some compost um that was there was a huge pile of compost out on the near the barn and i used that to fill those up and even if you didn't have anything ready made like that you could always do some container gardens and you can get quite a lot of production out of a fairly decent sized container and if you need to move it it's not that hard to move and if you are going to make some raised beds they're not that difficult to or expensive to build just when you build them make sure you use screws and not nails because i can't tell you how many times i've moved raised beds or repurposed those boards and having screws instead of nails makes it so much easier to deal with once you decide that you're going to make a a change to whatever structure you've got and i know how important it is for everyone to start their own seedlings and stuff like that but if you get to a place and you've missed say spring it's later on in the year maybe it's summer maybe it's the fall of the year and you really don't have the time that it takes or you don't even know where you're going to do your seed starts yet there's no shame in going to your local uh nursery and picking up some plants from those people you know you're trading locally and you're going to get a a better jump on whatever it is you want to grow because a lot of times they just do a better job of having good strong seedlings and once we found a good place in springfield to get seedlings from and if anybody is in springfield uh wickman's is a good place that has all kinds of seasonal whether it's vegetables or fruit and just get a few flats of whatever it is that you want to grow and throw those in the ground and then pretty soon you've you're picking food and you're not and it's not struggling because if you've got your raised beds or your uh, container beds you've got a good compost and mulch or soil in those containers and your plants are going to take off but you know if you try to go into a into a ground scenario with tilling or whatever you you don't really know what type of soil you've got yet because you haven't been there and you don't know what type of amendments you're going to need and the odds are that you go out there and you put all kinds of um, labor into this thing and have your plants just fail on you nobody wants that 
So the gist of it is have your site where you're going to grow whatever it is that you want, you know, under the maximum amount of variables that you can control. And that's never going to be tilling up a spot out in the yard that, you know, until you've lived there a little while, you're not even sure if you've got decent topsoil or whether it's just clay or if the ground's rocky. So, you know, building raised beds or using containers, you can control where they're located, what's in the uh, soil, and you can really control the type of uh, starts you have by using a local nursery and getting, you know, exactly what you want and put them in, putting them in exactly the location that you're learning. You know, you may have this great sun in, you know, the beginning of May, and then by June, you know, it's it's in shadow. And another thing you want to be cognizant of is where's your water coming from? If you've got any yard hydrants or you've just got spigots on the side of your house, you you don't want to have these things be so so remote that you don't have the ability to water it and so the closer you can have it to the zone one or zone two where you can water it the better off you're going to be when you're just starting out when you get to know the site a little bit better and you're more familiar with it then you can start thinking about going and putting in some buried pvc and stuff like that so we grew out of the raised beds and i also built a few extra raised beds and we also utilized some there were like some cut off 55 those blue drums that you see that are usually with the um has syrup for soft drink the beverage industry and those some of those were laying around in the barn and i used those those worked well and they were easy to to put exactly where we want them to be and we we grew some potatoes in those and got some very good production out of that as a matter of fact i'm going back this season with uh sweet potatoes in those raised our containers so it wasn't until last fall after we'd been here over a year that i designated a spot out in the zone two to put in the main crop and this was a process of observation and interaction we've got chickens and we've got two crazy dogs and this had to be appropriated accordingly because that no matter what you do if you don't have your chickens limited to where they can go they're going to go out there and dig up your freshly made beds it's like a magnet and if your dogs have complete access to everything the first place they're going to go is out there to your freshly laid out row of mulch and they're either going to walk all through it or dig into it and so you've got to really be thinking about limiting the access that your animals have and you're really not going to know that until you get on site and you know have your animals first if if i didn't already have the chickens actually we showed up with two chickens so those came with us but after that we put in ducks and a few extra chickens 
But having those on the uh, plot and knowing where they had access to helped me design a fence setup so that I could limit the access over in the main crop area. So I'd say that the biggest takeaway for us going to a new location is that not trying to do too much too quick is probably the better way to go wait until you've had some time to observe i mean really a whole season all four seasons and then that way you're going to save yourself from making some type one errors and this is gonna it's gonna seem like you're losing time or there's plenty of time trust me there's plenty of time so just Try to take it slow, and that way you'll have an opportunity to to really observe. And that's the primary thing that's going to enable you to make informed decisions because you want protracted and thoughtful observation rather than prolonged and thoughtless labor. So I'm going to leave it there for the day. This is getting already around 25-minute mark, so... I hope you enjoy this podcast and I hope it helps some people out there. So catch you next time.